What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Tramel Thompson, your host of the Progressive Action Podcast. This is the relaunch of the Progressive Action Podcast moving forward. The podcast will be separate from the television program, so you will be receiving two different platforms of information, and this is the way we will be moving in the future. So on our, for our first guest of the relaunch, we're going to have conductor vice chair Chris Drummond. What's going on, bro? What's up, bro? How you doing? Everything is good. Um, could you give the people a brief introduction as far as how long you've been on the job? Um, you know, the regular stuff. Hi, right, I'm Vice Chair Chris Drummond, conductor. I've been at Transit for three years, a little over three years from 2016. Um, member of TW Local 100 and Progressive Action. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, so you know, you you are one of the most talked about reps in Local 100. Um, you bring that fire. You are relentless in standing up and representing for your membership. And I'm proud that you actually ran up under the Progressive Action um, banner and platform because you carry the torch really high. And not only for Progressive Action, but for the members of TWU Local 100, no matter what department they're in. And... Um, one of the issues that we have in, in all, the, all of the departments, not only um, RTO, is employee morale and, um, you know, supervision imposing their will on members. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? Sure, man. Um, and you're 100% right. Um, me and you meant because there were, I mean, when I first saw you, I saw you a few times, but I remember specifically, vividly, um, coming to you, you was helping some of the members. It was almost a line, a six-step line to speak with you. And you was giving a lot of members some guidance on how to move and what they should do um, in their particular situations. And I remember talking to you. I tell you about a dispatcher in, um, at 207 who got real frisky with me. And I remember he was like, all right, where you at? Let's go singing. He was so hyped up. I was like, all right, forget it. I handled this shit. I ain't want things to get too crazy and I also remember other instances where we spoke and basically telling me to wait till I got off probation That's and then we could move. <laughs> you know you know the reason I said that because I seen I seen it in your eyes how serious you were and knowing you know the function of the union there's not really a lot of protection for probationaries and I didn't really understand that so you know me I didn't want to put you in a position where I couldn't protect you myself and but I, I seen the fire from day one in your eyes. And that's why I always tell people, you know, wait till you get off of probation before you get knee deep into this because it gets deep, you know, and I don't want anyone to lose their job because they fighting for what's right. So that was the and reason I, why. And you 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 got that fire, bro. Now I appreciate that advice because I wouldn't be here right now had you not. But also you also helped put the badge in my back. Because I seen the fearlessness that you had, and so after me and you spoke, and after I got probation, after we started, you know, talking and chopping it up about certain situations, um, I decided to get involved. And in all fairness, Eric Regal too, he was somebody that was there for me as when I was in probation. I also had an incident with him, and he was right there and he held me down. So you know, I appreciate that from him as well. But 
as a like a, a, a rep, what I'm seeing now is like the morale. I get calls. I got called yesterday. Like these dispatches who I who I really find disgusting. Be honest with you, but I ain't gonna lie, because you got still dust in your blood. Some of you know everything that we go through every day, every day. You know you're intimate with everything we do every day on the daily process. The toxic room. The danger from the harassment, the assault from from the passengers and these customers, like you said the other day, taking out management and that was on us. Everything we deal with, some we and we I spoke about this before. We don't. We all gonna die about the same at the same age because we all gonna have the same ailment. All these this, this, this toxicity that we're around every day, and they add to the stress level. These dispatchers who cut people—they—they're they, sitting. Somebody said I'm running a little late, or when they're eating sandwiches, taking the comfort, and these dispatchers are cutting their time. They—they they don't even have the decency. Some of these dispatchers. Now I'm not painting all the dispatchers, but there's a great number of dispatchers who are cutting our members' time, for, and not even telling them like a man or woman saying because these these people are getting looking on UTS, getting sent to two Broadway. They don't even know what happened. They don't even know what's going on. They get hit with these damn. They, they don't know what's going to dispatch this anything to me. I wasn't forewarned. And the same thing with superintendents sending people up there for things. You could verbal re-instruction. You could re-instruct right there. You could tell, you could straighten it out right there at the time. But instead, you send it in an officer. Listen, labor relations, labor relations. Everybody knows what labor relations do. But the officers. Be looking at that labor relations. Why is this even here? They don't. They they threaten some of these things because these superintendents are imposing their will on the membership. A few weeks ago, two weeks ago, there was a train operator who hurt her hand. She's laying up a chain. I think she slammed her hand in the door. So you know she got a young daughter. She didn't want to go out. She can't afford to go out. Um, IOD. So she sort of put an IOD on paper. So there'll be a record of it. She came into Broadway. She put her back. She got put back in service. She was restricted pending toxic cards. So this was Thursday. Friday, she wasn't feeling well, so she stayed home. I think one day she, was, she came in. She was restricted. Monday, she came in restricted. The pain became so severe in her hand, she had to go to urgent care. Her hand was broke. Her hand was broke. Wow, that's so crazy. So she came back. She had to do a recovery. She had to do everything over. And they put us through all the rigmaroles. She had to go through, and that's the process. You got if you don't. So, brother and sister, if you hurt, if you feel hurt, if you got anything bothering you, go out if you have to. If because if it's gonna affect your operation, anything, if you have anything ill in your hand, if there's something on your hand, and you drop the hand, something happens, you don't want to get punished for trying. And you know how transit is. You get punished for trying to do the right thing. So I understand if you hurt, you hurt. You come first. So her mistake basis, she came back to work with a broken hand. That's how dedicated she was. In her circumstances, her dedication coupled with, you know, she had the daughter, financial situation. She had to come back to work. Same way, she come back, they put her through the whole process again. Um, incident testing, all the things she has she had to go through. She had all this thing all over again. So anyway, we get to the match. They shouldn't get incident tested again. She already was an incident. I don't know what they was incident testing for again. So we get there. Superintendent calls 
and tries to convince her that you said it was your finger. Now here this our sister is trained out there with a broken hand, and here's a, a superintendent trying to tell her she's alive when you told it was a finger. Nowhere on her G2, our medical documentation said she had a broken hand. Now you had a STARS report that said that. That's because the superintendent put it on STARS report. And that's just a synopsis. It's not really a record. It's just a, a put together a, a record of the event. It's, real, it's not really the most accurate document around that, that you can have to, to record the event and what have you. But anyway, she goes to sometimes superintendent. We ain't have this conversation. What you need to know, other than she has a broken hand, you that's semantics. And, and though she didn't put her finger. Let me let me ask you a question. Not, let me ask you a question. What what superintendent this was? If you if you mind, uh, this was superintendent Hayde, I think. Okay. On the E on the Echo. Now I'm gonna try not to. I, I'm gonna try not to because I am gonna. It's gonna come a day when I'm naming all y'all. I'm naming. Oh, we gonna put out a list. Of all you, I'm compiling the list of the frivolous things that you're sending to two Broadway and that you discipline our members for nothing, for absolutely nothing. And, we and, got supervision that are inept, and be honest with you, brother, they're bullies and they're talent mounts to cowards in my eyes. And I tell you, when we see you face to face, there's a there's great superintendent. We know them. All of us know the good ones. These are the people that treat us with respect. And we know the good ones. All of those good superintendents. Same thing for TSSs. We got some cowards TSSs, especially on the Delta. Cowards. Cowards TSSs. Bullies. Like they're posing their well. I don't know what's going on in their lives. And they want to come mess with our membership. Our brothers and sisters come there every day. Rain, sleet, and snow. Working hard. Doing them extra trips. And you try to treat them like they're little kids. Try to treat them like they're criminals. Because you have a hole in you, and you want to come to a workplace and treat our membership less than human, less than a man, less than a human. Like they're, your, they're not your equals. You did the same job that we did. You was, a, you was a conductor. You was a train operator. You did everything you did. And I don't know how they, is, is this how, I'm asking you something, man. How do people, and I know I'm proud that setting you up, but you got me started, though. How do <laughs> Well, how do you race through the ranks in transit? Is it just putting your foot on people's necks? I mean, is that how you do it? That's that's what it seems. You know, it seems like the more discipline you dish out, the higher you know you move up the ranks. And you know, you name you you said something very important. Um, you know, uh, people getting taken out of service for frivolous things just to go down to two Broadway. The 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 hearing offices at two Broadway is like, what are you doing here for this? This could have been taken care of you know, in the field. And then when this whole overtime thing come up in the news, nobody talking to talk about management and competence because while you're going to two Broadway, somebody's being paid to do your job. So, and you're getting paid still too. So when they talk about wasting money, the transit authority needs to look at these frivolous um, instances of discipline being sent down there because we shouldn't be going down to two Broadway for these little frivolous instances. You know, not allegedly not showing your past from what I heard the other day, and you know things like that is crazy. Yeah, we had we had TSS over there, um, um, snatching the past from him and, and insisted that she show her the past. You know, guys, says a rule, but you don't got to hand your past over. Your past not supposed to part, supposed to leave your um your possession. And not to mention that everybody know everybody. 
the dispatch know what your jobs are. TSS know who you are. So they ask you, let me see your pass. They okay, they ask for your PE, all that. They see you, show you, show them the pass. What you need to physically hold it for? That's just intimidation tactic. Correct. That's all that is. But let me get back, brother, to the, the train operator. So she, we go to the Mac, and I tell them, they're not the the, the, the Mac says the Mac look at her, her the paperwork and say we can't instance, you can't incident test somebody for the same thing twice. And then the Mac they says we not doing it. So at this point, I call superintendent. I said, listen, she's not doing this. The max, the max supersedes anything you say. I mean, you can't pick and choose. They take us out. They do. The max is is what they say is gold. The thing, the sleep apnea, all these these powers that they have, and is is, is all. And they tell you what's up. You you governed by the max. So now the max says this sister with a broken hand. She came up here with a hand. We can't test her. And I told her, the superintendent, you can't do that. The max. Supersede what you say, and it's past practice. You can't do it. He says, "Hold on." So we sitting there a half hour, hour, and Hensky's there. Hensky's right there. He hearing everything. I see him take the superintendent manager. I mean, after Hensky, he's right there. The whole he heard my conversation with Hazel. He heard everything. He could have shut it down right there. I believe he had the door. He shut it down. The, the Mac is telling you. We can't do this. This is against policy. We can't test this instance test. It's the rules. And, yo, they had to sit there. They had to sit there. And, and I see Hensky. I don't know what he said. He takes the TSS out. Out in the hallway. Tells him at that point, I called VP Eric McGall. Eric said he's going to call him. This guy cut his phone off. So Eric can't get through. So we trying to say, what's going on here? He conveniently cuts his phone off. Lo and behold, the Mac says they get a call that she has to be instant test again. Now, listen, think about this. She's there with a broken hand. And the Mac is saying, we can't do this. And they still want this woman to get tested. They still want her to give up her urine and everything she already done. She has a broken hand. What's the problem? They, and they, the, they, the they, Mac technician is saying, she cut you off, bro. The Mac technician is saying to her, I don't know why they're doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. Now, you tell me, what kind of level of vindictiveness is that, brother? Did Hensky, did Hensky know that she had a broken hand? He had. He was right there. He well, knew it, the Mac wasn't going to do it. He pulled the TSS out. I didn't hear what they said, but and he heard he could, he I mean, let, let's, let's get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. Hensky, he's not even a superintendent. He's a manager. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, so he should know better. But speaking of Hensky, um, uh, of him personally, his specialty is discipline. So anything outside of discipline, like a lot of these superintendents and a lot of these TSS, and like you said, there's a lot of good superintendents, there's a lot of good TSS, but for the most part, a lot of them, anything outside of discipline, they don't know how to function. They are lost. And 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 to bring up an incident like that was going on on the L line, you know, a lot of people wasn't have was having a problem getting paid because of the GO. No superintendent could have figured it out. But if it had anything to do with discipline, they are expert experts at that. Experts. You know, and, and, and it's sad. But, you know, Henschke is one of those guys that don't know anything outside of discipline. Don't know, well, how, don't know anything. Well, as a supervisor, he could. And we just talked about. Let's forget punishment. We just talking about being practical. Let's be fair. Now, this is a place where it's about rules. It's all rules. That's all it is. We, we live 
And we, we get punished and we get terminated by the rules. So here's the Max saying, and they just put the sister through all this. She got home late and she signed Vince, but she didn't even get paid for the day. And if you do a reincarnation, don't sign this. Don't sign it. Just do the reincarnation. Go through all that next because they, they're not going to pay. Um, so they took that was another, there was another example of a sister. She's at Euclid. And I would say there's a superintendent on the A line specifically. And I will reveal her name soon. But she keeps doing what she's doing. You can't, she said, actually, she sent three training operations down there. All of them got reprimanded. Shouldn't even, and this is nothing, brother. You talking about people coming on there, RDO, people coming after work. So there's a residual effect to somebody coming to Broadway and they and they got a job to do there. They losing sleep. They got stress. They stressed out. And all and and it's and it's selective. I want to so know. I want to know who she is. I don't want to keep well, our secret. I, I, you want to keep I, our I secret? Tell you off, I, yeah, I tell you off the grid, but I, it won't be a secret long. But she's on the A line. I think that. She's a superintendent on A-line. And so this superintendent, there was a sister who 20 years at transit on the C-line, never been in any trouble, nothing, any trouble. She walking into uh, um, the sign-in, and this cleaner, on our brother the cleaner, almost slams her hand in the door. And she says, well, she ain't no punk now. She stands up for herself. She's a woman, stands up for herself. She's like, what you doing? What's going on? You almost slammed my hand. He said something along the lines of, well, why should you doing that, bitch? She said something along that line. And she wasn't having that. Now, there was a, there was a TSS there who everybody there, didn't, uh, co- uh, coincidentally, nobody heard nothing. Nobody heard nothing. So, all right, she's walking back to, now you're going upstairs and you glitch some dispatches. And she gets into something verbally with his brother this nasty, disrespectful coward. And, and and I love everybody. All you are my brothers. I always refer to everybody as brother RT because that's how I feel in my heart. But some of our brothers and sisters, man, they out of order and they out of pocket. And there's a lot of things, like you said the other day, banging us in. Banging us in. Come on. I know we all have responsibilities. If you're working, we all got to do our job. But some of us, are going beyond the call of duty. For what? I would never. I'd die right in hell before I put any of y'all, get any of y'all in trouble. If I see anything, man, I put my hood on tight and keep it pushing. And let we let the, the um the laws of the universe take over at that point. But I ain't banging none of my brothers and sisters in. Unless it got, yo, it got, you got to be drunk and opening doors. I mean, something where lives are at stake. I got to be something, and you know, at that point, none of us have a choice. But just a, something happens, and you there, and you just get on your phone, and you hit Twitter, you call control, or you call a terminal, are you taking pictures of things that happen in real time and posting it with car numbers and all that? Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, that's crazy. And that, 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 that that's crazy to me, too. So, anyway, the sister is arguing with this, 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 this cleaner. And he has a friend there, his drinking buddy, I suspect. He did. So anyway, she got ride to G2. The superintendent tells her to ride G2. Then when she's riding to G2, she pushes her out. She's thinking, all right, you want me to ride to G2? I'm out. I said, no. You know what the superintendent? If it's the test is because you just, like, they think you're high, something going on, we'll make sure you don't have no marijuana, liquor, 
whatever, something, uh, 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 um, 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 what you call Oxycontin or whatever. So that's what the, the superintendent thought there was something wrong with this 20-year veteran conductor. There was something wrong and you needed to do too. Why did you send her down the road to complete her tour, then send her for incident testing? Now you tell that. So you explain that to me. That, that so makes, she, that, that makes no sense. Her. It's something wrong yeah, with well, her, but, but she got but she got to make service. Makes no yes, sense. Yes, yes, yes. So these are things, and, and she writes her up. Now she had the power. She took. She eventually took this this um um conduct our service. But any superintendent can take anybody. A, a superintendent for a station can take one of us out of the service. Any superintendent has the broad power to take anybody out from any division. She didn't take that clean out of the service. She didn't say a damn thing to him who called our sister a bitch. Who disrespect our sisters and, and again the coward sitting there, y'all heard it, and we ain't holding our brothers and sisters down. We ain't holding each other down. Now I, I say this and I'ma say it because I hold you down. And I'm always gonna hold you down. And I don't even expect you to hold me down. But I expect we should hold each other down and we're not doing that. And these and these now now the sister, they hitting them with some crazy days. There's no way she gets them days. She didn't do. She ain't do anything, and she shouldn't have been written up. Now, if you want to give her a tongue lashing, a reinstruction, whatever, have a talk with her. You, you could. She didn't have. Matter of fact, this particular superintendent tried to take me out of the service because the dispatch was getting frisky with me. This particular inept superintendent, who every day I get calls about her imposing her will like this is a joke, like we her plaything, like our our brothers and sisters are these. Weak, cowards play things. So what? You have trouble in your marriage. So what? Something going on in your personal life. We gotta operate with things going on in our life. Well, let we me gotta ask, put everything let me to ask the you, side let me, and be professional. Let me ask you this: Why, why, why is employee morale so low? Like, why is another adult allowing another adult to treat them as such? That's that's the part that I don't understand. But maybe you could help explain why employee morale is so low on the property and they and they allow these supervisors to get away what they get away with well i just say i think employee morale is so bad because there's a sense that management don't care if you get assaulted they don't care they send you the incident test they try to persuade everything in their power not to go out so there's morale because nobody's honed down when they do that extra trip they got to fight for their money. They messing with their deadhead time. Every, making them go to the, when you get instant tests, they making some of them do that, doing full physical, which I don't, that the VP and every, we got to talk about that. That there's a lot of things that every turn, at every turn, they're disrespecting. And they're breaking people down because we have, we have brothers and sisters, like I said all the time, come from Delaware, New Jersey, um, Pennsylvania, and they're not spending time with their families. They're not having full lives, and they're dedicated. They're dedicated, hardworking, like the vast majority of us. And they just want to do their jobs and go home, and, but they want to be compensated for what they do. And you got dispatchers acting like it's their money? Like they going to the ATM and personally withdrawing from their bank account? They give you money? So they so everywhere you turn, we got filthy crew rooms. Oh, we got, again, we got disgusting supervision. So everywhere you turn, and I think too that this is another thing, brother, is that 
I went somewhere. I went to one six nine, and I got to it with a dispatch. It was very dispatch. I knew because I was in my uniform that if he treated me like they treat everybody like this. Not mention that my age and everything. There's no there was no reason for disrespect. So he wanted. He tried to humiliate me. I humiliated him. So he tried to. He called control and this this particular day try to take me out of the service. Now this is the bad part of it. I don't I'm not surprised at him, I'm not surprised at her. He got G two from Switchman and our brothers and sisters. They wrote G twos against me. Now um I was personally hurt by that brother. I'm hurt by fantasy now. So the answer question the answer question, bro, I don't know, but what I can tell you is that we need the why I don't know as a man and what listen, I'll be out sometimes I watch old footage of the civil rights movement. And even old footage of Quill and all, all this thing is going on. And but let's go to the civil rights era. This brothers and sisters who were standing up against the Klan and basically what was Klan members in police uniform, dogs being hit with sticks and all that. Nowhere to run. No referees. Their lives is on and they lost their lives. Everything imaginable, everything of humiliation imaginable, castrated, lynched, everything. But they still fought for what was right and what they and their their principles. They're just human decency. And I'm saying that nobody's lives on the line right now, brother. None of our lives. What can they do to us? What can you do? I die. I'd rather die in rotten hell. And and I, I find a job. I find another job. But I ain't gonna have no man disrespect me. I ain't gonna have no. I treat everybody with respect and dignity. And if I don't, and there ever was a circumstance that any of our brothers and sisters felt that I did treat them um um respected it, I, I'm profoundly sorry and I apologize. If you feel that? Tell me and I apologize to you. But I treat everybody with respect and dignity. I raise my kids like that. I expect everybody to be treated like that. That, that's non-negotiable. So to answer your question, brother, I don't know. But you, you said you said you you said it though. You know, I think that a lot of people are afraid to stand up for themselves because they're afraid to get fired. Now I can understand, you know, the concern there. But like you said, nobody's getting killed. Nobody's dying. Like your life isn't on the line. You could you could find another job, and you know I get it. You know. This this job don't require a lot of, a lot of um requirements, you know. Graduate from high school, you can make 80, 90, 100,000 a year if you bust your ass to do it. But I don't understand, you know, especially a lot of the men on the job, everybody's from the hood. Everybody's tough guys. But as soon as a dispatcher don't pay them or superintendent disrespect them, they turn into puppies. I don't get that. And what they see, I don't get and God bless all you. You gotta do. I don't know. You got mortgage payments. Some of us got kids and in 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 college and all that that we gotta pay. We got debts that we gotta um satisfy. So I'm saying I understand the probation. I understand all that, but for the most part, no, because it's the same guy that talking so frisky, got so much goddamn bravado, and you get the two boy and you're giving out and shot stewards. Where you at? Where the shot stewards at? You're the first one to come out. Oh, I know one. I did some good ones, but everybody should be like Andrew Demidi. He's always stepping no, but, on. But, I came but out. no, but th- this is the thing with the shop stores. The 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 union never utilized the shop stores. Um, this administration, as far as the shop stores, they only used them 
as promotional tools to hand out flyers or anything like that. They never, ever organize the shop stewards ever. Like, I don't even know if there's a list of shop stewards, you know, shop stewards should be um, the union first line of defense before, you know, you guys even get involved. But me being through the shop steward class, um, you didn't really learn how to do or maneuver in any of this stuff. Like the stuff that I learned as far as defending members and, and stepping up, I learned that on my own. I didn't learn that. Um, I didn't learn that in the shop steward class. So that needs to be a separate type of thing that needs to be handled. Well, I think not. I agree with you. And I think the union would, would have heard that they want to implement a more broad, broad-based with class after everything is finished with this election. I mean, with the, 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 the negotiations, what have you. But I won't put that on the union, bro, because where they at when you come, you identify yourself. I knew you were, you told me you shot to ask you. The guy, uh, Pete told me he was a shop steward. The media told me he was a shop steward. Now, every example after that, you only hear shop steward for the sake of them jumping up and saying, I'm a shop steward. They're not holding us, they're not holding us down. They, 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 they in every crew will be the shop steward, but they don't step up and say nothing. They're there. Where you at? Yeah, That's but no, no, saying, see, brother. no, but yeah, but you got to understand a lot of people never got involved with their union before or maybe this their first union job so if you you could go through the shop steward class but if you're not taught what a shop steward is you don't know how to respond or, or be a shop steward it's just like you going to a law school to be a lawyer and you don't actually learn how to be a lawyer or you go to the army to defend your country and you actually don't learn how to shoot the, a, a gun or anything like that so who do you blame? Do you blame the individual or do you do you blame the the institution? This is a the shop steward problem is the is an institution problem. It's not an individual problem. You know, only certain people know how to react and 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 and, and um respond to instant um incidences. Like I'm telling you, the shop steward class, you do not learn how to be uh, uh on the front line of this war. You do not learn how to do it. And um in 2016, when I completed the shop steward class, that was one of my first complaints on you guys didn't teach us how to be on the front line. Like, how do you learn anything? The shop steward class for Local 100 was basically a promotional tool and how good Stand United was to the members. It taught you nothing about being on the front line and defending the members. Well, I say this, bro, that there's been in, there's been an effort now to retool the shop steward class. And I'm not, this is what I'm saying. And I'm not, I'm saying there's, there is an effort afoot of retooling all the shop stewards and trying to rec- find out where everybody is and trying, because it is, uh, is, I think VP was saying that he wanted everybody, is, we should not be a shop steward in every terminal. But my thing is this, I'm not saying what you're saying, it, it, it is not 100% right. I'm saying that there is an effort to try to retool them. But my point is, my point is this, brother. They're sitting there. They took the class because they wanted to help. This Shastu was sitting there. That whatever problems there was and there's the Shastu class, it didn't affect you. It didn't affect the media. It didn't affect, it didn't affect a lot of the brothers who were Shastu out here, Paddyfoot. It didn't affect them, brothers who was out there still 
uh, fighting for the membership. So what's the excuse for these other No, brothers? see, but, but the, the people that you named, they had to fight before they, they went to the class. You know, certain people have to fight before they even enter the class. Like the shop steward program didn't make people fighters on the front line. And, and and this is this is factual. You know what I'm saying? Like even even with RTO being thin, you know, rep wise, like it's 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 no more than what, fourteen of you guys maybe, twelve of you guys for eight thousand members. There should be a resurgence of trying to um get shop stewards um back involved. Like in, in, in the Verizon Union, what I come to find out is the shop stewards actually handle discipline cases in their union. You know what I'm saying? I think you being the vice chair of, uh, what, 3,500, 4,000 members, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You should be spending more time in the field, you know, um, talking to members and seeing what's going on, meeting with superintendents, meeting with dispatchers, meeting with TSS. I don't think that what? I don't I don't yeah. think that I think that the shop stewards should be handling more of the day to day discipline in the field discipline and things like that. I think I think RTO is on the same page. The union um, uh, is you. I think they want to be too. I think they're trying to be too. I think they appreciate and understand that we need shop stewards in every terminal. We need that, like you said, we can't be everywhere at every moment. So we need individuals there that can step up and address issues. And, and talk to supervision, help with the G2, and be there to buffer and negotiate on uh, uh, what you call the um, um, advocate for our membership. So I think something like that is being put in place as we speak. But that uh, again, Tremel, that don't absolve people sitting there watching. This uh, has again back to that. If you got shot, they listen. Shot through a class. With all its problems, it does give you some basics of how to move around. And to get a shop through, and this is the, my problem too, these old timers and some shop stewards only say they're shop stewards when something's affecting them or when they want to win the discussion or they want to try to act like they know everything. Or they, I've been here 20 years, and by the way, I'm a shop steward. Those guys, come on, man. I have a problem with those guys. And I, again, I think that the VP and them are trying to retool is a priority because we know that we need these shops to it. We need brothers to step up and we got a whole new breed of people who who got some fighting them and we need them and we need these old timers if they're not gonna step up, you old shops to it. Sit down and shut up. Sit down and shut up. If you ain't gonna say, I don't wanna hear that. Take that, I don't care what you do with that ID because I know a real shop to it when I say because the real shops do it call you. They call you and say, your brother, we got a problem. They tell your brother, the sister, this, uh, um, the sister of his brother got a serious problem. I tried to do that, had, but we need you, bro. We need some help here. I need some assistance. I get them calls from the real side stewards. Hear from Canelo. You hear from the media. You hear from you, Fred. You hear from people. They call. They there. You, they there. You just went and did that arbitration with the phone. They there. Where they at? Bruh, I'm saying respectfully, I, I, I disagree with you about these guys. I, I think they just selfish. I think they got that. They just selfish. I don't even think it's about being cowards. I think they're selfish. 
And again, I'm saying you old shop stewards who ain't wearing your identification, who ain't who ain't um 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 helping out the membership. Sit down. Sit down. I mean, look Sit what down. happened. Look what happened a couple of months ago. You had a shop steward who um was 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 in the crew room at Stillwell when a female train operator was punched in the face. And he was the only rep, and he he's an elected rep too, and shop steward. And um, you know, he decided to make his interview instead of handling the business of his sister that got punched in the face. You know what I'm saying? So there's issues throughout this whole property with shop stewards, with with with, with certain reps and and things of that that nature. We do as not only a department but as a union, we need to regroup, find out who the fighters are. And utilize them and put politics to the side. No, no, I agree, and I think that's what's going on right now, and that's what I think is really going on. I think that recently there was a list the shop stewards put out, and they want to know where to find everybody. And I think we need to have, and I think the union recognizes that that we need to have shop stewards at every turn, and we need more reputation. And to your point too, as far as um like. They also see that supervision always also see that we're not together. We just not together. We gotta hold each other down. We all we spend more and and, and y'all everybody's heard this before. We spend more time with each other than we spend with our families. We like I said earlier, we're gonna be afflicted by the same things. We go through a lot of the same things. I don't care what what color you are, where you live and all that. We we share so many things together, so many bonds that we got, we cannot be fighting each other and banging each other. And we have to. When any of us, if, if something happened with me, if I'm out there, something happened with one brother and sister, and they see something going and they say, y'all saw what happened. Can I, I need a G2 from y'all. We can't get a G2. There should be no reason why if something goes down that our brothers and sisters get it. Whoever's in there, if there's 10 people there, they can't get 10 G2. You know what they hear? Um, I, don't, I don't got nothing to do with it. He's all right with me. I didn't hear him. Maybe he didn't mean it. Come on, maybe she didn't mean it. Yo, leave it alone. Yo, don't cause no problem. I remember what happened to me. My last instance with the TSS was now a retired piece of nothing. Seymour, you nothing. Who tried to impose his will on me. I just wanted to go home. And I remember they coming up to me. Drumming, be quiet, sit down, don't say nothing. Like I was supposed to get in the fetus position and suck my thumb. Said, yo, what can I tell you, man? And I'm going to say, all oh, yeah, if you don't want to fight, okay, I'm going to fight for you. We're going to fight for you. There's fighters down there. And again, let me be clear. There's some beautiful superintendents, beautiful human beings, good ones. Do anything for you. They ain't trying to hurt you. They remember where they come from. There's some great dispatchers. There's some great dispatchers out there. There's some great TSSs out there. Too. We know them. We know who they are, but we know who the devils are. We know who the bullies are. But you, we you, know who you, the cowards are. You're right, but you want to know what, too? We do have some great superintendents and supervisors, but they are the good ones are a part of the problem also because they not they going along with what these bad supervisors is doing. They not speaking out against what these bad supervisors are doing either. And... You know, it's just like with the cops. You have good cops, but you got bad yeah. cops. And and the good cops is not speaking out against the bad cops. So it's, it's making everybody look bad. No, no, no you're right, bro. They complicit. You're right. They complicit. 
You always hear that people like, I didn't do it. You did do it. You let it happen. You didn't do anything to stop it. You didn't report it. Yes, you. I agree with you. At the risk of contradicting myself with that, but I agree with you. You're right. You're right. So, but I will say, if I can leave with, if I leave the, and I appreciate you um, having me too, bro, your first, um, this, this podcast, the inaugural podcast, um, we have to stick together. We uh, we need them G2s. And you need, if something happen. you got to write them G2s. You send one to the superintendent, right? I don't know where you're going to do it. And you save it. You, you dress it to the VP or the chair conductor, the train operator, uh, uh, to me. And I will personally hand deliver it to labor relations. Let me tell you something about them. They don't discriminate. Oh, they strip. They 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 get it. They get their their tier assessors and dispatchers and superintendents who get their medicines um 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 from um from um um labor relations. So they don't discriminate. Who and you know what they say? They all say this, when you go up there. They when you say, complain, they say who who are these people? Where's the G two? That's what they say. They want us to just give us some evidence. And whatever does he have, and we got membership that don't want to write these two, put pen to paper. Let's be clear though. Before, <laughs> but let's be clear before the, before you guys write a G two, please speak to a rep first. Please do not submit a G two without speaking to a rep because people come to me after the fact, after they write their G two, after they submit it, and I'll be like, "Who approved this? Why did you write this on your own? Do not." submit a g2n before speaking to a rep to be honest if i have to write a g2 i call someone just so they could proofread it to make sure that i'm not tripping me myself so before you submit a g2n please give it to a rep let them look over it before you submit it that's a good that's a good point thank you but that is a good point because too many of y'all and listen superintendents they want you they want you to write the G20. Because let me say, with, with, just to piggyback off what Tremel saying, that G2 is a public record. That G2 is going to, if it has to go to the Supreme Court, that's what they take it to the Supreme Court, is that G2. That's a legal document. So you got to be real careful how you write that G2. And I had somebody the other day that something happened, and they had another brother who was trying to help, but they, they didn't call the union. They didn't call nobody. I always pick up my phone. And then you be sure if I don't pick up the phone, I'm asleep, I don't know, getting another call, I'm going to call you back. And don't write that. And Tremel Wright, don't, because, yo, that could be the difference between your job, termination, reinstruction, who knows. But, and they're going to use the same thing with the police. Like, yo, you know, with the, with the law, legal system. Anything you say can will be used against you. They're not giving you, you a second chance issue, to write that G2. So Yeah. And don't even talk to a superintendent unless you have somebody. If you got three, three-way me at the same time. Don't let, because all the superintendents, some of them, they're just trying to ask you the same question over and over until they get the answer they want. You ain't giving it to them, and they got asked to you, ask it up, ask the question in a different way. So they can do their report, put their spin on it, and send it to labor relations. But we have to stick together, and we got to write them G2s. When we see somebody, if somebody picks on one of us, they, they gotta, you got to look at it like they're picking on all of them. And the South Sioux is out there, 
when you're doing something, trying to do something to get everybody together and try to align everybody where they can help everybody, show yourself. Reveal yourself. Who's this watchman? We don't know who nobody is, man. Come on, man. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. But that said, all we got to do, keep doing what you're doing. Um, on your side, all of us who fight, the fighters, we got a lot of fighters who fighting. And those who want to fight, yo, this, yo, we men and women, uh, respect and dignity, we negotiating our salaries. We negotiating OTOs, sick time, how much contributions we're going to make to whatever we're going to do. Our respect and dignity as men and women, that ain't negotiable. We got to be treated with respect and dignity. That's and a fact. clear on that. And if we didn't have no rule book, as men and women, the children of God, we can't let people disrespect us and go home to our wives and our husbands and stand up like everything's all right. We can't. We can't teach our kids to stand up for themselves, but we're not doing it. That's a fact. You know what, Drummond? Thanks for um being a part of the first relaunch, first guest of the relaunch of the Progressive Action Podcast. We will be um checking in with you uh, more often because when you decide to come out with that list of supervisors, superintendents, management, we want you to reveal it here and we're going to share it and, and, and enlighten the membership on who these bad um, supervisors are. Yes. Oh, absolutely, brother. I'm going to have It's going to be real. I'm putting the dads together, man. But, so I'm on top of it, brother. And thanks for having me. Um, everybody be safe out there. Thanks for calling in, brother. Be safe, man. Well, that was conductor, vice chair, Chris Drummond. Um, Excellent, excellent interview just now. This show will be everywhere on SoundCloud. Like I said, the the Progressive Action podcast is going to be totally different from um, the Progressive Action TV platform. Um, We're going to be doing interviews with different people. We're going to try to do one interview a week. Uh... Thanks for tuning in. Um, Peace. We catch y'all later.